Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Romans chapter 7. I'm going to pick it up in verse 15 today. And uh, while you're turning there, I also want to mention to you that if you if you have Twitter and you want to follow us at uh, theriverag.com, I always tweet uh, message points there. You can find those by hashtag the river, searching that and discovering that. Also, you can follow me at Pastor at uh, Pastor Billy Pate, uh, and uh, all these tweets and stuff are on there, and so that's good for you to be able to go back. It's kind of like note, ready notes for you. You can just go back, and the notes are there. Uh, and so if you if you do that, then that's a way for you to connect with us as well. This morning I want to continue preaching to you concerning fasting as we prepare to go over the next 21 days seeking God and His will for us. So I think one of the things that, that I truly believe and even alluded to this last week is that when we seek the will of God as individuals, we will find the will of God corporately for our church. When you seek the will of God for your life, invariably God is going to tell you how that fits into a larger picture. God is going to help you to fit into a grander scale. Because you know as well as I do, God is always about uh, not just us as individuals, but about how we as individuals can fit into His plan and His kingdom to affect the entirety of it uh, across the world. And so we want to make sure that we're always thinking that way. God will put us in place as individuals to make the whole work as it is intended. And so I'm excited to start uh, our fast for 2016 and just see what God reveals to us through the fast and how even God begins to work in us to build His church and His kingdom. Uh, I think that each year as we seek God, God always seems to give us kind of a word uh, to guide us through uh, throughout the year. And for me, I believe that that, that word is, is really... You know, I said to our, our prayer, this, uh, prayer group this morning that it was hunger, but as I'm just praying and as I'm just thinking... Through worship this morning, I think a better word is devotion. A better word is devotion because I think devotion includes in it hunger. It includes in it obedience. It includes uh, the idea of consecrating things to the Lord. And so really devoting ourselves fully to God and really uh, seeking Him and building even a hunger in our lives. I said last week that you prioritize what you're hungry for. You prioritize what you're hungry for. If you're hungry for Mexican, you're going to go get Mexican food, right? If you're, if you're hungry for barbecue, you ain't letting nobody stop you. You've got to go get some barbecue. And it's the same way with the kingdom. If you're hungry for God, there's nothing in this world that can stop you from getting satisfied with God. If you're truly hungry for God, you will prioritize what you're hungry for. If we're hungry for Him, more of Him then I always will create room and space for Him in my heart that I will prioritize His will, His purpose, and His plan. I will make His Word a priority. I will make pleasing Him in all my ways a priority. And so as we just think about the things from last week and the three things that fasting does last week, let me just recap that for you as I move on. First of all, last week I told you that it enlarges our capacity for God. It frees us from current patterns and helps us to establish some new patterns in our lives. How many of you need to establish some new patterns? Amen. And it also helps us to connect 
to the current activity and the vision that God has not only for me but for, for the church. And so we talked about hunger and developing a hunger for God. And I want to read to you Matthew 5 and 6 before we move on. It says, this is from the message. It says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Let's work up a good appetite for God. You know, I like how it says, when you've worked up a good appetite. Who is responsible for working up the appetite for God? We are. That's our part. And once we work up a good appetite for Him, He will make sure that we are full and filled with His goodness and His grace. And so I want you to help me pray this morning as I preach to you about prayer and fasting and really keys to breaking through to what God has for us. Father, we love you today. We praise you. We ask that, God, you would help us this morning, Lord, to have an open mind, an open heart, an open spirit, Lord, and to receive today the things that you have for us to hear. Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so today, Lord, grow our faith. Develop us, Lord Jesus. Make us more like you. Transform our hearts and our minds. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Today as we begin our fast and as we get ready to make a commitment to fast, I want to encourage you to engage the process. Again, fasting, you know, fasting does three things for you. It gives you focus. It helps you to narrow in on God's activity and what God is trying to do in your life and in the church. It helps you fit. It helps you to find your place in that plan. And it helps you to flourish. Those are three good things that fasting does. Helps you, to, helps you to focus, to fit, and to flourish. And those are great things that all of us need in our walk with God. We want to we wanna focus in on what He wants. We want to fit into that plan. And then once we get into that plan, we want to flourish in it and be productive in it. God has equipped us with the tools needed to apprehend whatever He has put before us. And so when we find our focus in fasting, It shows us what needs to be dedicated and consecrated to the Lord. And this is where I want to take just a moment and talk about, you know, just the things that God is speaking to us as a church. The portion, again, that we dedicate and consecrate is always the portion that God works with. The portion we dedicate, the portion that we consecrate is always the portion that God's worked with. It is the portion that He will multiply and bless. Dr. Brassfield says this. He says, dedication and consecration are our duties, God takes what we dedicate and He makes it holy. Dedication and consecration are our duties. They're our responsibility. But God takes what we give Him and He makes it holy. Our job is the work of dedication and consecration. Then God takes that work, He makes it holy, and He redeems that work. So what is it that God is asking you to dedicate and consecrate to Him? What is it that God is trying to redeem in you for this year? You know, another great question, and I've asked this to you before to start the year, and I think it's a great question for us to ask every year, is does your January 2016 look like your January 2015? What has changed in my life over the course of the last year? Where can I point to that I have grown in Christ? What am I free from today that I wasn't free from a year ago? What has changed in January 2016 that looks much different than my January 2015? We want God to change us each year.
We want God to grow us. Hey, the last thing that I want to do, and I'm sure the last thing that you want to do is go through trials and tribulation and difficulty and come out the same hard-headed person you were when you went into it. Right? I mean, we, we, we need that stuff to change us. We need that stuff to grow us. And we need that stuff to develop us. And that's what the intention is. And so where have I grown? What am I free from today? What has changed in my life? And really where I want to focus in on today flows out of the second point that I made last week, that fasting frees us from current patterns and helps us to establish some new ones. I think a lot of us can relate to that point because I think a lot of us in many areas of our lives we see ourselves as stuck in a pattern. We see ourselves struggling to establish some new patterns in our lives and we don't want to be stuck in in an old pattern and longing to establish a new new pattern. We want to be able to step into that new place. We want to be able to go into a new area. We're ready for some change to take place in our lives. If you're ready for some change to take place in your life, somebody say amen to that. I'm ready for some different things. I'm ready for some freshness. I'm ready for some new stuff. I'm tired of going around the same old mountain experiencing the same old things. I want some newness and some freshness. And so today I want to read to you from Romans 7 and 15 through 25. I'm going to read a lot of passages of Scripture this morning to you. Uh, And I'm going to read primarily from the Message Bible this morning just because of its practicality. It says in verse 15, What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things that I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. Amen. If if it's not working, if I'm reading and I'm studying, if I'm doing some things right, but it's not working, obviously I need some help. Verse 18. I realize that I don't have what it takes. And this this is profound. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Do you ever know anybody? It's easier for you to point to someone else than to yourself. But do you know somebody that you think something has gone wrong deep inside that person? There are some wires touching that should not be touching. Or some wires that are disconnected that need to be put back together. Amen. Not you, but other people. It happens so regularly, verse 21, that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. What a great passage. Verse 15 in the New King James says, For what I'm doing I don't understand. For what I will to do that I don't practice. But what I hate that I do. So I want to take that scripture and break it down this morning and talk to you about some things that fasting will help you 
to overcome and to break through in these areas of your life. The first part of Romans 7.15 says, For what I am doing I do not understand. The first thing that I want you to understand today that fasting does is fasting gives me spiritual understanding. Fasting gives me spiritual understanding. Understanding the why behind the what is very important. How many of you grew up with parents that told you to do what they told you to do because they told you to do it? Do what I say. Don't worry about why. (laughs) Gabe's raising his... You're not allowed to raise your hand in church. We all do that. But it's... Wow. Put me on blast right here in front of everybody. But understanding the why is very important. You're grounded. It is hard for me... It's hard for me to do what I'm supposed to do if I don't understand why I'm being told to do it. And I think all of us are that way. That's not wrong. And yes, there are times when we just need to do what we're told and not ask a bunch of questions. But at some point, we need some understanding as to why we're doing the things that we're doing. Here's what I would say to you. If you don't understand what God's telling you to do or why God's telling you to do it, just do it anyway. And if you'll seek God, He will explain the why behind it. And the why will help you to do the what. But until you get the why, at least do the what. Throughout Scripture, we can read instances where God gave a vision or a word to a group of people that wasn't clarified or understood until a season of fasting. A great example of this is Daniel in the Bible. God tells him to do certain things and Daniel doesn't understand why God's telling him to do that. But as he fasts and as he seeks God, God begins to open his spiritual understanding and gives clarity to the what that he's supposed to do. He gives him the why behind the what. God will will challenge us in that he will tell us sometimes to do things that we have no understanding as to why he's telling us to do those things. And that's where we have to grow in our faith and that's where we have to trust Him. But there's also a part that we can play so that we understand the why better behind what God is doing. There's been so many times God said, do this, and I'm like, that makes no sense. I don't understand that. I I can't get that. And as I pray or as I spend time with the Lord, as I study God's Word, then the why behind it begins to make sense and it begins to uh, come into clarity in my mind. In order for me to do the right things, things that are beneficial for me, and stop doing the wrong things, the things that are detrimental for me, it is necessary for me to cultivate spiritual understanding and sensitivity. I have to spend some time with God. I have to spend some time gaining gaining understanding from Him, gaining sensitivity to Him. It's one thing to know God's commands, but it's another thing to understand God's commands. And those are levels of spiritual maturity that we've got to elevate ourselves to. All of us can give you God's commands, some of them at least. We can tell you what God tells us to do, but then when we get behind the why as to the purpose behind those commands, how they relate to God, how they relate to our purpose, how they provide for us provision and protection, then we really don't understand those things. But how do we understand them? We understand them through spending time with God. Through getting spiritual understanding. Fasting is a great tool to give you spiritual understanding. Will not follow God's commands effectively over the course of a lifetime and submit to them freely if we really don't understand them. At some point, 
they become just burdensome rules rather than life-giving principles. And we don't want to live with burdensome rules. We want life-giving principles releasing life and hope in us. And that is the incarnation of God's Word in me. That is God, that is Jesus coming alive in me. Studying the Word will give you, always give you the what. And this is what God is telling me to do in His Word. But prayer, spending time fasting, spending time meditating with God is what gives you the why behind the what. There are so many people that understand the what, but they don't understand the why. And I'm just telling you today that true life is found in the why behind the what. And you've got to get there. When we talk about revelation, revelation has two parts. Revelation, and and when we mean revelation, we mean just really understanding God, uh, getting a new picture of God, just beginning uh, to have God reveal Himself to us. And when we, we look at that and we think about that, revelation has two parts. The first part is impartation, where God puts something in me. You know, I can get that just simply from reading the Word of God. I can read something in the Bible, and I've done this, and I'm sure you have too, where you read something in the Bible and you think, oh man, that's good. I know there's something good there. There's some life there for me. And what that is, is that it is the Spirit calling to the Spirit. It is, it is, it is the Spirit of God speaking to the deep places of your life. But then when you really think about it, you're like, I have no idea what it really is though. You know, I mean, I know this is good, I just don't know how it's good. I I know this is applicable to my life, I just don't know how it applies. I know this could really help me, but I need to understand how it's going to help me. And it's the second part of Revelation is incarnation. Impartation, where God puts it into you, and incarnation, where it comes alive in you. Where it really starts to begin to breathe and live and move in you. And that's where it moves from, the, from just knowledge to really getting into your heart and getting into your spirit. And suddenly a light bulb comes on and it's like, okay, I get it now. Powerful moments. The problem with a lot of us is we, get, we stop short of the full revelation in that we get the impartation, but we never meditate on it. We never think about it. We never let the Spirit speak to us. We get still long enough for the Spirit to speak to us and bring that incarnation into our lives where it's really a part of who I am. Fasting is a a tool that God has given us to drive it deep in our spirit and then explode the revelation in our mind. And I think that that alludes to a key in fasting. Fasting, listen to me this morning, is not just doing without food or something else. That's that's not what it is. It's not just about doing without. But it's also about coupling the denial of the flesh, the doing without, with an increased diet for spiritual things. Just going without food isn't fasting. That is dieting. Let me give you an example of this. If I am fasting social media and I'm taking the time that I would normally spend cruising through Facebook and watching TV instead, I'm not going to get a lot out of my fast. Right? Because what I'm doing is I'm only trading things of the flesh for something else of the flesh. What I've got to do is I've got to take things of the flesh and now replace them with things of the Spirit, things of God, things that give me life, so that that can come and be a part of me. 
And so many of us think, you know, well, I'll, I'll do without fast. I won't eat lunch. But then I don't do anything uh, to, to, to add to my life there. I don't, I don't spend time in the Word. I don't, I don't listen to a podcast that's, that's good teaching for me. Or I don't fill my mind with anything else. I just go and do something else that really doesn't add any value to me. Don't do this fast and give up something, deny yourself something, and not add things of the Spirit, things of life, things of the kingdom to the fast. Because if you don't couple those things together, you're, not, you're going to be frustrated at the end of your fast. You're going to feel like you've done without and haven't got anything as a result of that. And that is the truth. That's what's happened. And so make sure you take time, the time that you was dedicating things that God has called you to fast and devote that time to God And through that, you can expect transformation as a result. In addition, I think we want to know and understand where God is moving and what He's up to. Everybody needs to know that. Everybody needs to feel that, not just corporately, but you need to know that personally. What is God up to in your life? What is God doing right now for you? Where is He trying to work on you and in you and through you? Where is God's activity in your life? Fasting heightens our sensitivity and it gives us that spiritual understanding. Romans 7.15 goes on to say, For what I will to do, that I don't practice. The second thing I want you to take away from this morning is that fasting helps me cultivate the right practices for my life. It helps me to get the right practices in my life. Paul recognized in his own life the struggle to do right. He openly admitted that there were certain things that he truly wanted to do that he just wasn't doing. And I think most of us can relate to that. We start the year with a number of resolutions. I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to spend time in prayer this year. I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to pay off bills and so on and so on. But then our January 16 looks just like our January 15. Goals without progress, hopes without realization, desire without action. And can I just say this morning that goals without progress and hopes without realization, desire without action, only produces frustration and discouragement and it drains us of life and motivation. Fasting helps me to put those right practices that I need in my life. Let me read to you verse 16. It says, So I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it. It becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. Verse 17, But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, I obviously need help. Verse 20, my decisions such as they are don't result in actions. Reading the word alone, listen to me and hear the whole thought. Reading the word alone is not enough to transform your life. Information, information does not correlate to transformation. We know that the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it also says faith without works is dead. So you may have faith in your life through reading the word, but if it's not activated, it's sitting there dead and it's not producing the transformation that you need. So if I know the word of God but I don't couple that knowledge with action, then the word never comes alive in me. I have information without transformation. And let me just say this. Yes, the Word of God is living and powerful, but what I have to understand, that it is living and powerful apart from me. It is living and powerful in spite of me. It is living and powerful regardless of me. 
And it is only alive and powerful in me if I put it there through study and prayer and then release it through my lifestyle. Then and only then is it powerful and life-giving in me. So here's the point. It's one thing to know God about God and another entirely to know God. It's one thing to know about Him. It's another thing to know Him. There's a great story about a group of theologians, and I use that term loosely, who did not accept God until they had wrote 51 books on theology. They wrote 51 books on theology, dissecting the Word, writing these great books on the Word before they ever really come to the knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ. Information without transformation. It wasn't until they opened their hearts to God that the transformation took place. And it won't, it's the same way for us. We'll never have the transformation we desire if we don't open our hearts to God. Verse 18 says, I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. Listen, doing what is right cannot be willed done only. Do you engage your will in the process? Absolutely. But heart trumps will every time. Your heart trumps will every time. It requires a change of heart in order to receive a change of life. I'll say that again. It requires a change of heart in order to receive a change of life. I can't just make my mind up that things are going to be different for me if my heart's not in that process. I don't know if you're like this, I'm like this. I can't just decide I want to do something. But there's a day when I'm doing something sometimes that it's just like my heart gets involved in it. And once my heart engages in it, nothing can stop me. But if I just do it because of will, and I just do it because I get up and I make the decision to do it, there's no life in that. It's not until the heart engages that life is released and life is produced. Heart trumps will every time, and it requires a change of heart in order to receive a change of life. Fasting helps us to cultivate those right practices for living. A lot of us are not accomplishing what we want to because we, are sti- we still have not dealt with the parts of our heart that are in the way. There's parts of my heart that is in the way. There's parts of my heart that are just in the way. And it's the same way for you. I need God to redeem those parts of my heart. I need God to do a work in those parts of my heart. Continuing on with verse 15. The latter part says, but what I hate, that I do. The last thing I want to share to you, with you this morning is fasting reveals and breaks the things that control me. Verse 18 says, I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do that anyway. My decisions such as they are don't result in action. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so often that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me is involved in that decision. Part of me, parts of me covertly rebel. They are saboteurs. They are are there to trip me up and mess me up. And just when I least expect it, he says, they take charge. Just when I am... And I think I'm on a good path. All of a sudden, here they come. They trip me up. Why? Because they are residing as unredeemed parts of my heart that need to be dealt with. 
So how do I know what needs to be dealt with? How do I know what is covertly there? What is covertly hidden in my life that is ready to trip me up? Fasting reveals and breaks the things that control me. Things that are there, things that are hidden, it reveals them to me. In this world that we're living in, we know and we see this. And this is something that troubles me often, especially in the church that we see uh, some things that are just deviating from God's word in so many ways. But we see an increasing world that embraces salvation and the love of God and ignores the sin and the judgment of Christ. There is no right without wrong. There is no salvation without rejecting sin. There is no love of God without the judgment of God. And we see a world today that has tried to accept Christ's offer of salvation without turning from sin. And it just doesn't work. We treat Christ's love as though it requires no sacrifice in return. But His sacrifice also requires a sacrifice. His work requires us to give our lives back to Him. I embrace this life without changing mine. That's not the way this works. And embracing His life without trying to change mine is not embracing Him at all. It is a false gospel that will never change your heart. It will only give you a sense of false security. We live in a world that remains in a constant state of contradiction. Two choices, two paths, completely irreconcilable. Treated as though they are in a state of harmony. On one hand, we celebrate the world and on the other, claim Christ as our own. What fasting does, it helps me come into alignment with God completely. It helps me to shun the world and seek the Savior. Because it reveals and begins to break the things that control me and that are manipulating me on the inside of my heart. God revealed to me the places that I need to be different. God revealed to me the places that I need to grow, the places that I need to change. Fasting reveals what I need to deal with, what I need to crucify in my life and gives me the strength to actually do it. It helps me deal with the parts of my flesh that need to be dedicated to God and redeemed by Him. Amber, would you come? All across this place, if you would stand with me this morning. This year for the river is about devoting ourselves to God. It's about increasing our hunger for Him. It's about seeking His Spirit. It's about letting ourselves grow in our capacity so that we can receive more of Him in our lives. That's what this is about. John Piper says, The absence of our fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. The absence of our fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. When we fast, our priorities come into alignment with Jesus. And so let me ask you this morning with every head bowed across the place. Do you need to cultivate sensitivity to God's voice? Do you need to know where He is working in your life? If so, then you need some spiritual understanding. Fasting gives you that spiritual understanding. Do you need the strength to do what is right each and every day? 
Do you need to solidify the right practices and make them a part of your daily life? Fasting helps you to do that. Do you need to overcome sin that is calling the shots and controlling you? Self has to be overcome. The flesh has to be defeated. And that's a battle that we take up every single day of our lives. Crucifying the flesh and embracing a walk in the Spirit. Fasting helps me to accomplish all of these things. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.